This is a Detail Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Titan Truth Podcast, a show where we break down every episode of the Titan Truth Podcast and try to figure out who the mysterious host really is. Each week we drink beer and geek out on all the latest Titan news, and this time we're talking about Godzilla and Kong. Hello and welcome to the Drink In Geek Out Podcast, a show where we drink beer and geek out. I am your host, Dustin, and alongside me is... Oh, this is Saf, and with me is... Keith, and with me is... Pale, and with me is... A beer! Whoa! Which beer? Uh, the beer I'm drinking, which you three are drinking as well, is uh, the Undaunted... Single Hop IPA by Chapman's Brewing. Uh, the Undaunted is a 7.5% ABV, 52 IBUs. 7.5, uh, is, or is that the 52, the number of Earths in the DC Universe? Yep. That's 52, 52 Earths. A tribute to the amazing Chinook Hop Undaunted is a high-quality IPA with floral and citrus aroma and palate. Five hops additions bring out the sophistication of the hop and the brewer's art. Undaunted is one of our most popular beers and was released in early 2015 in draft, followed by 16-ounce pint cans in mid-August. Our single hop IPA is impressively confident, wonderfully adventurous, and remarkably forward-thinking. We call it Undaunted. Chinook, the classic American hop, is the star of the perfectly balanced IPA. By focusing on one hop, our brewers bring forward the distinct spice and pine flavor that made it famous. With four additions and a dry hop finish, Undaunted showcases how amazing a single hop IPA can be. With uh, four additions and a dry hop, this thing is hop-loaded. It's hop-a-palooza. Hop-a-palooza. <laughs> Super piney and floral. Should we talk about this can we've got? We've all got. Sure, but before we talk about the can, where did you get this? Who brought this? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think I did. In in fact, I went to shop.chapmansbrewing.com and I in fact had it delivered to my front door. Have you guys what? ever heard you of can that? Do that? How did you do that? It's crazy, right? It's so crazy. Well, I just went to shop.chapmansbrewing.com, put in this awesome code called DIGO15, D-I-G-O-1-5, threw that puppy right in there, got 15% off the order, and they sent me a six-pack of these delicious 16-ounce cans. And in fact, it wasn't just one six-pack. They sent me two. And what? I, you know what? I, I think we might drink that one after we drink this one. Could be. Uh, we better. It might I go bad if do we don't that. drink it right away. <laughs> That's something I can get behind. Yeah, I, I'm down <laughs> with that. Chapman's beer does not go bad right away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sh- uh, shameless plug. All right. So the can. I love it. This is amazing. Um. So you have uh, what? Just a tricolor can or a double can? Not tricolor. Yeah, tricolor. Yeah, 
colors? Three yeah, colors. Yeah, tricolor can. Uh, a line down the middle of it to separate the green from the white. The Chapman's is in black, the, the font. That's the third color. Yeah. Uh, it's basically split the can in half, but it's diagonal. So there, instead of just like a down the middle diagonal, gives it a little bit of like a, a flip. It's kind of classy or something. Yeah. The logo's neat. Wonder what the logo means. The the ship. In that where the classic IPA, they had to add more hops to it. Oh and that's yeah, where yeah, it all yeah, came yeah, from, shipping sense. it across the ocean. To get from England to India, hence the name India Pale Ale. Ricky Gervais and the people on Smartless had no idea. <laughs> I know they were talking. <laughs> they were talking about it. I was like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> so when they listen to our podcast, they'll be educated. I know they listen. They have to, right? Jason Bateman's a huge fan of ours. Yeah. <laughs> Friend of the show, Jason Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> he listened to our Ozark episode and he gave us like a huge thumbs up. <laughs> He's he was our only review. He said awesome episode. We know it was him. He didn't <laughs> uh but other than that, I mean it's uh everything that we see on the can, uh well that we read for the show open uh, is on the can. It's on the side there. Um, and basically just gives pretty much all the information up front, uh, taste profile and the, like what to expect when you drink it, uh, grapefruit and pine aromas, spice and grapefruit on the palate, mild, bitter finish. So this pale should be able to tell everything that's in this because someone told them ahead of time what it tastes like. <laughs> he did not mention the grapefruit. <laughs> I should, no, I'm not going to miss this. <laughs> not this time. <laughs> not this time. Maybe next time I'll... Yeah, I just like the C on the can too, where the color is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really That's like that cool. color green. I do. It's a big favorite. On the, 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 my view, the green's awesome. The camera view, it looks, you know, yeah, like yellow. Yeah. Kind of. Hey, mine looks but, my normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yours looks really <laughs> for the good. first time. I like the like the painted. It's got like a painted finish or something like. The the matte. The matte, yeah, I yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Something like that. It's not like it's all flashy like a lot of cans are. Did you guys notice the little logo, like towards the left, says like sourced ingredients, proprietary. B- oh yeah. Pro- process. I've never seen that before. Oh, yeah, like a like a stamp. It's like a stamp saying like we this like everything's locally grown. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. It's almost like a recycling logo. Yeah, it's like a little arrows a that wheat point. Mm-hmm. Is it yeah. a hop or some type of grain of some sort? Yeah, that's awesome. Well, they're all about recycling. Tear along perforated line to help save our planet. So I guess this does oh, rip right cool. off. And we're supposed to rip it off before we recycle? Yeah, the, like cans and like plastic water bottles, you're supposed to rip off that shitty plastic and throw that away. Right, and, or otherwise it makes it unrecyclable. Um, yeah. Mm, that's cool. You're also supposed to cut the little ring off the top of like plastic bottles and separate that as well. <laughs> like, like when you take off the cap, yeah. it lose that little ring. They don't like those rings on there. Uh, speaking of beer, which we were not, we were still talking about recycling, <laughs> but let's get back to the beer and talk about the color of it. <laughs> I will recycle this through my body and turn it back into piss. <laughs> <laughs> it's, turn it back it's, into waste. <laughs> it started out at one point. <laughs> All, all water is uh, piss. Uh, <laughs> all water started out at piss at one point. Yeah, it came down from uh, the heavens. Dinosaurs <laughs> drank it. Dinosaurs pissed it out. Pissed it. We drink it. We pee it. 
It's very ambery. Yes. It's on the Maybe. darker side of IPAs. And that probably has a lot to do with the the malts used to bring some spice to it to kind of counteract the mm-hmm. hops. Plus the hops probably gave it a lot of the color too. Uh, the Chinook that I brewed was pretty dark like this. Didn't you brew a Chinook as well? I only brewed the amber. Oh, uh, with my buddy Matt who who made a, a Chinook and it was also dark. So I think it's just like Chinooks, you that, know, gives dark, dark flavors, dark colors. Um, if I were to give a color range, probably Link Sword to Amber Cane. Yeah, I was I was gonna say sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, I guess fifteen is a little too dark, depending on what room you're in. Um, probably yeah, in that range too, sixteen through eighteen. I like it. Mm-hmm. I agree. My lighting is a lot better. I think. So, <laughs> yeah, probably fifteen to. 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. 15 might be a little light based on who's looking, but yeah, um, I, I probably, Tanuki probably Cat Crash. Mm-hmm. I just, I just default to Amber Kane because Amber is in the name. Yeah. John Hammonds. Let's go with the Bandicoot. The Bandicoot. Bandicoot. All right. Clarity. Um... It's in the middle range, I feel like. A slight haze. Well, it's pretty clear. It's just so dark that it's hard to see through. So yeah. I'm not sure where... Yeah, that. definitely. Yeah, I would go with the clear part. It's definitely not brilliant. It's definitely not slightly hazy. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Turning the light on kind of helped. It's most likely... Yeah, I'd say. Predator. Clear. Ahead, I just got a little ring around the rosy. I don't have much... I don't have that gravy lid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No gravy I, lid this time. No, just, yeah, it's, I mean, it's still there. Uh, I had to drink some of it yeah, because I wouldn't say it's none. I had to drink some of it because I was up to the rim because I was not paying attention when I poured mm-hmm. and I almost pulled it over my desk. Same. <laughs> Same. But it didn't, it didn't overfill, but you could tell where it was. It's le- leaving like a residual head on the wall. Mm-hmm. You can see that in my official Chapman's glass. Yeah, it dissipated pretty quickly. I didn't have to sit around waiting yeah. too long. For sure. So probably Goomba. I would. I wanted to say Ghidorah. Maybe we can use Ghidorah for the next. That beer. would have been perfect. Use it for the next beer. We'll shake it up before we pour it. Yeah, the stout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doubt it. Carbonation. I'm not seeing. Yeah, I see much. zero no. carbonation. Ice cap. A capsicle, probably. <laughs> now let's try our little sniffy test. Sniff, sniff. Woof. Woo. No, I was not barking my name. <laughs> that is definitely strong. That's like angry strong. That's a strong. It's like sniffing into a forest. That's how I describe it. Right. Very very <laughs> piney. A piney yeah. forest. Yeah. I always think of like Washington pine trees whenever I drink like a West Coast IPA because of all the pine. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's uh it's pretty groody. Yeah. If you Smell the can. It's way worse. Oh my! Oh, but... oh wow! <laughs> it like, oh. It's like all settled it's like tires or uh, something. Uh, like settled into the bottom, <laughs> like rubber. I'm drinking this. <laughs> <laughs> Woof! Yeah, it's definitely that's definitely Hulk strong. <laughs> definitely Hulk strong on the smell. At least the residuals in the can. For sure. He's pretty pissed. Yeah, however, smelling it out of a glass, I do suggest pouring this one. 
Um, a little tro- yeah, little tropical. There's a little bit of tropical, but it's mainly just grapefruit. I want to say it's probably more annoying orange than DK Country on the hoppy yeah. smell for yeah. sure. Yep. Uh, groody, 100% groody. Yep. It's got that so pine. Piney. Maybe some maybe some poison ivy in there. Yeah. <laughs> a little flowery. Mm-hmm. Can't can't smell any malts. Would you say it's dank? No, I wouldn't say dank. Dank would be more like the weed beers and you have like yeah. this uh like skunk smell to it would be the mm-hmm. dank. Guys, I smell this like grapefruit. I can smell it. <laughs> oh good, good. <laughs> oh good. I was worried. So the, word. the the nose is working. <laughs> That that's the that's called the pale fruit on on our the pale list. fruit <laughs> the pale fruit <laughs> yeah those are the esters that you smell because I don't smell any, I don't smell any malts uh-uh. no not really so I'm good good with going down to the esters yep not not a big uh, not a big smell other than like that overwhelming hop smell yeah it's mostly the hop yeah so I think we could just move on to the palate. I was going to jack my palate up, I promise. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you got some pretzels on hand. Ugh. I do not. This is... That was a premature ugh. Because, like... It's just a strong... When you... Like, the first strong, hit... It yeah, it's really bitter. Like, the first hit is, like, a very piney, grapefruity punch, and then it just finishes with, like, this strong hop... Like it's the same flavor that you have when you eat a hop. Yeah, yeah. You guys did that right, or was I was the only weirdo that Ben tricked? I did that. No, yeah. I I ate a hop. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we all did. Yeah, I still eat hops. No, I didn't. Here. I'm not. I'm not that dumb. I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still like a hop that's new to me, like the lemon drop hop. I ate one of those. It was delicious. Yeah, I like to get a little taste to see, yeah. like. It just makes you have like a more thorough understanding of what the flavor is going to be. That's yeah. true. I have like a really strong like recognition to that that flavor. That's what I'm getting out of this. Is I've just ingested a hop in. Yeah. I have the residuals in my mouth right now. Mm-hmm. It really allows that. What is it? Chinook? Is that the hop? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It really allows that to shine because it's a single hop now. Okay, this is what a Chinook... So next time there's like a beer with multiple hops in it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's the Chinook. I, I can kind of see him in there peeking out based on the flavor of this I think beer. Chinook might be my favorite hop, to be honest. What? Yeah, my favorite hop. What? Like the hop that I could you've, drink. You've ate them all? Yeah, I could you're drink. Out of your and fucking mind. Better than... <laughs> well, you do like grapefruit, yeah, so... That is true. Cascade and uh, Galaxy, Galaxy Citra, Galaxy. all uh, could be used with grapefruit. Well, maybe that's a little too premature saying Chinook is my favorite, but I do enjoy it. You proclaimed it. You proclaimed top it. Five. Okay, top, top five. <laughs> you can't take it back. I'll take the I'm top cutting five. five. <laughs> I'm, I'm top cutting five. Your, your attraction. I'm cutting that up. Um, alcohol, if you get past the... That bitter hop, hundred percent noticeable with the alcohol. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of a burn there. Yeah, it's noticeable, but it's not hard for being seven percent. It should be, and yeah, it, yeah, I would expect more actually. Yeah, and it's not it's not very harsh at all. 
It's yeah. It's comfortable. I feel like it's comfortable. Noticeable and comfortable probably is going to be like the same. And I think James Bond yeah, yeah. is the way that I'm going to go with that one. He's definitely a noticeable alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's comfortable enough to be able to trick women <laughs> to sleep with him. So. Yeah. They want to sleep with him. Um, not all of them. Not not that not that Afterwards, one. Afterwards, they enjoyed not that it. One girl. <laughs> not that one girl. Was that the where the the spa or whatever he was in? Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> yes, she did not yeah, want she anything to do was, with him. She was duped. <laughs> uh, we call that raped. <laughs> yes. I believe in the real world, that's considered rape. I don't know. She still said, oh, James. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, let's say we're on to the hop flavor. Hoppy yeah, hop fruity. pop. Um, piney. Piney. Grooty piney. for sure. Yep. A little poison okay. ivy, too. A little florally, mm-hmm. I, th- I think. And, of course, citrusy. Like, you still taste that grapefruit up front. There's, yeah. Just a hint of that. I get more of like the pine and woody stuff. Well, not so much woody, but floral. Yeah. Maybe a hint of wood. Yeah. I would probably go more with herbal than I would with floral, but I think I can see where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of go hand in hand, I feel like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, for the bitterness, the hot bitterness. This is harsh. Ooh. Yeah. This is Lord Vader. <laughs> this is Lord Vader for sure. Yeah, I can't imagine it getting much more intense than this. Right. And yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and skip the malts. Yep. Yeah, we didn't have much to say there. There's a pale section. Mouthfeel. Mouth pale section? Mouthfeels. Mouthfeel. Um, um, body. Smooth. That's not really one of the categories. Body is probably medium because we, we're not getting that... Um, overly multi mouthfeel um but it still has like a very 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 full hoppy flavor um yeah it's it's thick yeah it's thick <laughs> <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's thick but it's not oil yeah that's yeah, yeah. um so definitely mando yeah mando medium yeah he looks innocent but he's he's got some punch to him Carbonation. That's pretty pretty faint. faint. I don't really get anything on the carbonation side. Yeah, I could just tell that it's slightly not flat, right? Yeah. Like, you could tell that there's some carbonation there because you don't taste flat. But it's not, like, bubbly. It's not... Ever. So, yeah, probably yeah. I'd go with Ganon still, yeah. Uh, the finish. Hmm. Oh, why do you have to think about this one? Uh, this is <laughs> this, this is a, this, this is, is cut. Pale, this is watching the Snyder cut twice. <laughs> okay, yep, <laughs> back, right. back. Yep, I just need to confirm it. <laughs> this is eight hours of finish. Literally watching <laughs> Fellowship, Two Towers, and Return of the King director's <laughs> cut, and the marathon commentary afterwards. <laughs> Twice with the commentary. Oh, and all the Transformers <laughs> yeah. movies combined. <laughs> and all the Transformers. <laughs> and there you go. There, that's your finish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I literally moved to go to the bathroom, but I watched the movies the entire weekend type of movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, 
workouts. It's lingering. Definitely going to need to bust out the pretzels for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then it's leaning towards the bitter side of the balance. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like seasons. It's probably last episode. This is, Heisenberg. This is Heisenberg with the gun in the trunk. Saving yes. Pinkman, saving Jesse, and shooting up all those assholes inside and dying on the floor. This is season <laughs> finale right here. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Sorry, Dustin. D- Dustin's like, who's Heisenberg? <laughs> who's Heisenberg? Who's Heisenberg? There's a hint of sweetness because he's saving Jesse. Exactly. Because there is there's like an upfront sweetness, but there's that lingering bitterness of him <laughs> murdering all those people. Love it. All right. Untapped. We have. Oh, yeah. 2,700 total check-ins, 2,100 unique check-ins, and 1,944 ratings give this beer a 3.59 average. I've checked this one in. Yeah, we all have. (laughs) But luckily, luckily, I didn't write anything, so I can make up whatever I want on the spot. I have one, one additional friend check this in. Doug Agder, check this in. I haven't read Doug in a minute. <laughs> hey, Doug, welcome back to the show. Um, in April 2017, <laughs> he checked this beer in twice. Uh, he said, real good IPA, gave it a four and a quarter. And then a little bit later, he had it again. It said, so good, had to go back for a second. Then I have your guys's check-ins as well from 2016. <laughs> None of us said, oh, no, Keith did too. Oh, I did say <clears> something. <throat> five years ago (laughs) yeah it's funny uh you guys all three of you had it from the chapman or the forteza shop i think yep Mm -hmm. or at least pale oh yeah pale and seth had it together probably around your birthday june 4th yeah yeah i think that they had like just opened (laughs) yeah we we did a yeah we hit a lot of places i think on your birthday there went to pint and slice i think because they're right across the street it's fun times Looking at some of the other people on Untapped, um, Mabel says the more you drink, the better it gets. I would agree, but <laughs> she gave it a five. Uh, Susan M. Go Chapman's. Can't beat a keg delivered to your front porch. It's magic. Whoa. She gave I wonder it a five. If use code hey, Digo yeah. Speaking of, if you guys want this delivered to your front porch, make sure to use the code Digo15 to get 15% off your total purchase order. And you get a keg of this right to your front door or cans or a growler. That's what I would do. I'm turning my uh, refrigerator into a kegerator. Nice. Your kitchen fridge? (laughs) 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 I mean, the kitchen one's probably full of beer anyways. No, not anymore. The garage floor. uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah, absolutely. It was. Um, I've seen a lot of the same people check it in, like Justin R a couple times, Susan M a couple times. Not many comments, though. Nothing real fun to read here. I mean, it's a... This was like the first craft beer. I mean, there's really nothing special about it. It's like the original yeah. West Coast IPA. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's special, but I mean, it's not really standing out as, hey, try this new variant or anything. I mean, this is like their staple, their original, one of their one of their first, their go-to. Yeah. And Chinook is that first one that you usually get when you buy a kit. It's the Ch- uh, Chinook hop mm-hmm. That's IPA. That's true. Um, one of the more prevalent hops, it seems like. Looking at a lot of these ratings uh, up near the top, at least from the past couple of weeks, or every, it seemed to be 
much better. I wonder if there was like a a change in recipe uh, for it to be, I don't want to say so bad at 3.5, but at a 3.5 rating just means you have a bunch of low ones. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if a recipe change or something different over time. And then just recently, a lot of people have been checking them in. Um, Matthew P, I, I say that, but, uh, you know, he says burr fest. Mm. It was rescheduled to April, so it wasn't quite burr anymore. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be in February. Oh, yeah. That's fair. Oh, dang. I found somebody gave it a 0.75. Billy. That's a little unfair. Did not enjoy this beer at all. I like my Bud Light without all this hops. (laughs) (laughs) And I got a very hoppy Bud Light, and I just said no. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to update mine. I think I'm going to keep it from the OG original. I think I will, too. I'm going to recheck it in after five years, five-year anniversary check-in. So, <laughs> Mine was done three years ago. I did it in 18, so I'm still pretty fresh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'll get it going. I drank this one with my wife in Fort Wayne when we went to the location that's no longer there at Coventry. Uh, I got a flight of them. I gave it a 375. I don't particularly remember why I did back then, but I can give you a reason why I did now. Hmm. Um, when you, If you are in the business for hoppy beers, this is it, right? It, you get your hoppy beer without super congested hop profiles. And you, you get a flavor like this without having 100 IBU beer. Or a 10 plus alcohol beer. The the flavor is really good with like the the the, the like the combination for let's say the uh, the grapefruit and the the hop kind of complement each other really well. It's a great flavor, but it's too intense, I think. Uh, and so it kinda it kind of loses marks a little bit for me. Um, but Really, you have to be a huge fan of this style, and then also you have to be a huge fan of over-hopped beers, because this had four editions plus a dry hop, so you kind of have to be like, oh my gosh, I really want hops, Uh, and so I'm not usually like that, Uh, but of course, the past two years, I've been like, oh, juicy, let's fucking go, Uh, but yeah, this is, I still think this had a really good flavor, Uh, it's not particularly for me anymore but i can get behind it i can drink it um but yeah 375 i tried to be a little bit winded so you guys can catch up (laughs) (laughs) i I, i'm ready i was just waiting to see if anybody else was going to jump in but i guess i'll go Uh, i originally in whatever year five years ago was i gave it a 3.25 and I just bumped it up to a three and a half. Um, uh, really, I it's I think it's doing a great job of what it's attempting to do. Like it displays the Chinook hops um, flavor and everything perfectly, but I think for me it's just that bitter, like that piney bitterness, is not something that I look for in beers. And that, that's what knocks it down. But if that's what you're into, I this I'm, it's definitely perfect in that regard. 
but just for me i don't really enjoy that as much yeah i will uh second that and i also i kept it the same uh three and a half i gave it five years ago and i'll keep it the same this time around um Definitely not my favorite style. I really don't like the piney, the bitterness, the the classic style IPA. But, I mean, I can't knock it. I mean, it is the tried and true, the original, the OG uh, craft beer. Um, this is what, you know, really, I think, kickstarted a lot of things. And especially experimenting with the different hops. And, as you said, it just showcases the Chinook so well. Um, like, I, I really hate to hate on it. But, I mean, it really is you know, the original. So I, not my style, but definitely I will drink it. And it really does pack a punch at seven and a half, which is awesome. So I know that I don't have to drink a whole lot of it. (laughs) Um, You know, one can will get me where I need to be uh, for the evening. Definitely two cans or three cans or four, but it's definitely worth picking up, especially with, you know, 15% off using the code DEGO15. I mean, you can't go wrong having that delivered right to your front door. So <laughs> that's a plug. Keith just pushing. <laughs> go ahead, Pale. Keith, you're, Keith, you're, yeah, you're like it. the biggest Chapman's fan right now. <laughs> this is called in, in commercial. You got to put it in the show. You can't just have a commercial. So subliminal mm-hmm. advertising. <laughs> Check my post, too. It's in the post. Oh, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> that was awesome. It's out on the Twitter, so. Um, I'm the outlier here. Um, I gave it a four and a quarter. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, your favorite Yeah, it's uh, very piney and quite intense, as Dustin said. I'm a big fan of the Chinook, but um, I don't think I could drink multiple multiples of these, like multiple pints in a row. I think I need to, like, space it out. Um, maybe start with this one and then go to a more subtle or juicy IPA or maybe go and start a, drinking a stout or something. Um, with the being seven and a half percent, maybe you're not meant to, maybe this is just like a nightcap or whatever. Yeah. Um, I first had this at Forteza, like, like most of you, and I went four and a half. Um, I had a, I brought it back a little bit to the four and a quarter just because of the intensity and um, just, I mean, you can't drink it a whole lot. So, but I think the way they did it was very well done. Uh, maybe take away the dry hop process and see how that goes. Maybe, uh, maybe that would improve it a little bit. I don't know. But um yeah, I think it was just done really well, and um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of this. But uh, one one pint will go a long way, for sure. I mean, clearly, it's not you know any of our like favorite styles. I think we've graduated beyond this. It's not like you know college years where we drank you know the piss in a can, but this <laughs> is like back when we started you know craft beer. It's like oh shit, have you tried this West Coast? Have you tried this one? Mm-hmm. Have you tried this? And it's like, well, what else is out there? Um, but again, it's, it's their, uh, one of their staples. So, you know, I'm not knocking it. And clearly some of these people on here just love this style and stick with it, you know, more power to them. It's great. Mm-hmm. Definitely check it out. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at drink and geek out, get all sorts of cool, fancy updates and pictures. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff over on our website at drinkingeekout.com. And you can email us any comments or suggestions at drinkandgeekout at gmail.com. 
If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content, and that is patreon.com slash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. All right, um, to kind of set up this whole monster universe that Hollow Earth Theory I guess, I, I don't know, it's been called multiple different things, but we kind of got to jump around to all, you know, three of these movies, four of these movies, um, to kind of talk about, you know, to set up the entire stage. So the first one that came out back in 2014 is the original Godzilla movie that started this whole uh, cinematic universe off. In 1999 in Japan, there was a mysterious accident with the reactors of the Genjira nuclear power plant and engineer Joe Brody played by Brian Cranston, loses his wife, Sandra Brody, Juliette Bianche, um, Binoche, sorry, I can't say that, and her team that were inspecting the reactor. Joe never accepts the official explanation for the accident. Fifteen years later, his son, U.S. Navy officer Ford Brody, played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, learns that Joe has trespassed in Genara quarantine area and is arrested in Japan. He travels to Japan to release his father, and they go to the Genara facility to retrieve Joe's data and pictures. Soon they discover the truth about the accident caused by a massive, unidentified terrestrial organism known as MUTO that eats radiation trapped underground. The MUTO escapes from the secret facility to the Honolulu, to Honolulu killing Joe. Godzilla is also awakened, causes a tsunami in Hawaii, and fights against the Muto, destroying Honolulu. Meanwhile, a female Muto escapes from the Nevada nuclear waste facility and destroys Las Vegas, heading to breed with the first Muto in San Francisco. Now the last hope on Earth is Godzilla fighting and destroying the Mutos. So what was really neat, I think, about this is that towards the end of the movie that they've realized that Godzilla is the good guy. The yeah. the scientist in here, the doctor, is this his name here? Ishiro yeah. Serizawa. Serizawa. Ser- Serizawa, Ser- yeah. thank you. Um, that he was like the guy to really figure it all out to be like, you know, Godzilla's, they're responding to these calls. These Mutos are doing a mating call going back and forth, and Godzilla is responding to that and realizing that these other creatures are awakening, that Godzilla's not really attacking the people, he's attacking the monsters. And kind of put everything together to put Godzilla in the good guy category. Yeah, I liked his character. Um, as Keith, as our resident Godzilla expert, is this like an original story or have aspects of this story been used prior in like the Japanese movies? Um, I haven't seen them all. I know it doesn't look well, like there's it like based 90, upon my so. photos, but... Um, <laughs> A lot of them, I think this is more of an original story uh, with it being told. So they kind of put little elements of the previous movies into it. But I think this is pretty original when it comes to that. Obviously, so there's there's been... creatures that appear all the time and then Godzilla comes out of nowhere and saves the day. I mean, that's the MO of every single yeah. old Godzilla movie. So it does follow the same formula. Um but I think they're going for something bigger here, calling them Mudos and then realizing, you know, eventually evolving into Titans next movie. Yeah. So it, it does, it, it sticks true, especially being the first Godzilla movie. It sticks true to the old formula, which was awesome, but it was a little disappointing because Godzilla didn't have a whole lot of time in this because they really had to set up the story. Mm. And I know with any 
monster movie. You just can't jump into the monster battles. Typically, um, there's always got to be the got to get through the annoying, stupid humans first um, until we get what we want. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, because I've not seen any of them. If the old Japanese movies painted him in a bad light, whereas the American version of it makes him look like the good guy. But it's part of the you said it's part of the script. It's part of the formula. Mm hmm. So I didn't I didn't know if that was just like a, a Hollywood version of it cleaning it up and making Godzilla the good guy, but I guess that's how yeah. it always been. Be, especially with him being that's why the term Godzilla, I mean, you know, him being with that the massive godlike creature mm-hmm. having that power um knowing that he does save humanity. I think when it first started, you know, he was attacking cities and everything else, but then it kind of involved evolved into you know everybody loves godzilla he's the he's won the heart of the people so now he's got to fight all these other monsters and you know the whole power ranger type theme zord battles and you know every they got to come in and save the day and defeat the monsters and everything and some of the i mean you guys need to watch them some of these crazy old godzilla movies are just hilarious like he has a kid and then, like, he'll, oh, I've seen, yeah, Godzilla Jr. One, and the ugly yeah. little kid, yeah. And you know, these other little Japanese kids would be like, oh, you know, he'll respond to the <laughs> kids, and it's just it turns into this silly little thing, like, not like he'll give a thumbs up, but he just kind of looks at him and respects the humans. And the guy in a giant rubber suit, I mean, it looks so bad, but. Uh, the <laughs> the stories are all there. It's just fun. You got to cheer for Godzilla. It's like you got to set it up. There's got to be humans. They got to get involved. Humans got to try to help. Yeah, it's the whole formula. And then we set back and realize, yeah, we're out of our league here. We got to let him take care of everything. As far as the humans go, I think um, in the Godzilla movies in this universe, they're the best in this first movie. They're agreed. Their stories make agreed. sense, and the characters make sense, and. <laughs> Uh, they're actually. Wanted useful. to mention the director of this movie was Gareth Edwards, who did Rogue One. Um, I was a big yeah. fan of the way he did the movie, like giving you a perspective from like the human, like the way that humans were seeing it, and just like added in some kind of like scary moments um, where uh, Ford Brody was like trying to. I mean, there was like a scene like on a train or something where he's like. Oh yeah, kind of got kind of got scary there, or something. Yeah, and he's like with that kid that gets lost Mm -hmm. from his parents, or not just that one, the other one where he's on the track and the no, that's a good one too. Oh yeah, yeah, that one too, and that that Muto monster. And then like anytime Godzilla was like coming out of the water or going under the the bridge, it's like just the the way the the camera was like made it just like this huge spectacle of of fear and crazy and just craziness. That bus driver was like, oh, fuck, let me get off this bridge. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this movie does a great job of setting up this universe. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and to piggyback off the, the perspective thing, it's really tough to kind of get an idea of the effects of Godzilla coming out of the water in some of the newer movies, whereas this one, it showed the, the, the tsunami that wiped out, like... yeah half and you know everyone's like oh shit the water's going back (laughs) (laughs) so i think that was that was a good i think that was a good part and one of my favorite parts was when uh david uh strathairn 
Strathairn? Strathairn? The gen. Stratham? No, the uh, it's S T R A T H A I R N. Mm. Strathairn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's the general, the the guy who's in Born Ultimatum as well. He was like, they're Mudos. Uh, the what is uh what's the acronym stand for the uh oh yeah massive, massive unidentified terrestrial then he stops and said well i guess not really terrestrial anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite that was like my favorite line in that entire thing but also elizabeth olsen olsen is in this yeah yeah for <laughs> i guess we should point that out she doesn't really have much to do except for like try to get back to her husband just worry about her husband the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's also uh, she, a I, nurse. I like that she's a doctor or nurse or whatever. Yeah, front line doing the works, you know. All right, Kong, Skull Island, 2017. When the Vietnam War ends, Bill Randa, or John Goodman, and his partner, Houston Brooks, or Corey Hawkins, from the Monarch Organization. Monarch, remember that name. It's going to mm-hmm, be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, succeed to get the financing for an expedition to a recently discovered island. It's called Skull Island. He hires the former Captain James Conrad, Tom Hiddleston, to guide the expedition. A uh, group of soldiers under the command of Colonel Preston Packard, Samuel L. Jackson, and the award and an awarded journalist and photographer, Mason Weaver, Brie Larson. On arrival, the helicopters need to cross the storm, and soon they start dropping bombs to map the forest uh, using seismic drops to map the thing, whatever. Uh, soon they are attacked by a huge gorilla called Kong that destroys the helicopters and kills part of the crew and scatters the rest to the island. The group commanded by Conrad meets Hank Marlowe, or John C. Riley, a survivor from the World War II that lives with a tribe of natives. He explains that Kong protects the island and the natives from underground monsters and shall not be killed. But Colonel Packard is insane and he's uh, trying to seek revenge for his men that died. And he has the patented Sam Jackson line, hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. So I oh, love man. this film. I really enjoyed this film. Yeah, I in in the realm of this universe i love this film it's not really like that great of a movie but i love this this film this cast was the best out of all the movies for sure yeah i will say that i do not understand it's called skull island yep Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who named it skull island just the people trying to figure out what's there i guess i thought the island was shaped like a skull traditionally right but in this movie, the map doesn't look anything like a skull, so I, I don't know why they call it that. Isn't that the creature that lives there that they eat and spit out the bones and the skulls of the people that come out? So whoever yeah, visits the island, they see a bunch of skulls? I'm stretching. but They don't know it until they get there, and they're calling true. it Skull Island before they even right. leave the <laughs> America. And yeah. John C. Riley and his compatriot are fighting, dog having a dogfight, and they land on this island. So he's never heard... This name of the island. He has no idea yeah. where he is. Hmm. And he doesn't speak with the locals. He communicates with them somehow. So how <laughs> does he call them skull crawlers? Th- that's just the name he came up with. He likes the way it sounded. It sounds weird now that I say it out loud or something. Like yeah, that. I know. <laughs> that's right. <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> I understand that, but he he you know it basically was be because they crawl from Skull Island. Well, yeah, I think. Well, they. I don't know why he calls them that. He just likes the way it sounded. I, I know, but it's, it's very like coincidental. Like, how the fuck did yeah. he know that the island yeah. was called Skull Island if he's he landed there? No idea where he was. Just knows that he's not in a normal place because of fucking Kong. <laughs> do they ever mention that name in the movie? Like, do they ever say Skull yeah. Island? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, hmm. they call it Skull Island in the very beginning when John Goodman is trying to they discover to get them to to send a crew there. He's like calling it Skull Island left hmm. and right. Maybe because of uh, kind of sounds terrible, but. Uh, King Kong's family, like, are all their skulls on the island? <laughs> it could be. But they don't, they don't know that they're there. They haven't they seen that. They, they don't know that, though. They... So, it's supposed to be based on shape, as Andrew said, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just, like, it's undiscovered. They're literally trying to go there because undiscovered. They know it's there, but it's undiscovered, and they want to get there before the Russians. So, I, I just, the, the, the naming scheme... However they come up with it is interesting, but how does John C. Riley come up with the name? <laughs> it, it just blew my mind when it happened. I was like, I don't fucking what? Because <laughs> I thought he made mention of it being Skull Island, so he calls them Skull Crawlers. Don't know. Mystery. Yep. I'll have to follow uh, up. I will say the f- the fight at the end with the Kong versus the giant Skull Crusher, kind of boring. Yeah. I mean, most of it was me just watching Brie Larson and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fight at the beginning with young John C. Riley and the Asian dude, Hop, uh, I don't remember his name. Uh, that was more interesting. Yeah. Where, where they're like shooting at each other and he misses and then they like, he pulls out that big saber or katana or whatever and catches it and then he catches it like that that was a cool fight scene <laughs> yeah the the end where he he like walks home and like like hey guys i'm home and they all like have mm-hmm. a happy reunion and then like the next scene he's just sitting on the couch watching cubs watching the cubs and drinking a beer i was like that's just american right there <laughs> <laughs> I I felt like a callback to like those YouTube videos of soldiers coming home from yeah. Iraq or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it's like a guy from World War Two that's been lost for decades. Yeah. One thing this uh, movie does is sets up the next movie that we'll talk about um, with mm-hmm. the the cave art and everything else. We see glimpses of Mothra. Oh yeah, we see Godzilla. We see Ghidorah, uh, Monster Zero, if you will. Um, that it kind of sets up like what's coming. Mm-hmm. So that was really yeah, cool. Yeah, I think that that's cool. And there's a moment post-credits, I think, where they've got like uh, Tom Hiddleston maybe and uh, Brie Larson in that like dark room and they're like on the other side of the glass and it's like, you can't keep us here forever. And then the people from Monarch come in and kind of explain what's going on and say like, we're not alone here. And then that leads directly into the other Godzilla movie. Mm-hmm. I think I would have appreciated a cameo or at least reference to these characters in the later film. They'd obviously be yeah. 
30 years older it'd be they'd be played by different actors but they could have the characters yeah or if it's just like yeah we have you know the like when they go to like especially in a later later film when they're doing the the main one i bring this up again there's no mention of the expedition that initially got them there in skull island (laughs) right so i don't know i just thought that was missing yeah they just kind of forgot about this movie they're just like (laughs) it's it's in the universe but let's not talk like they never talk about it and <laughs> At one point, John C. Riley's like, "Here, Kong is king," or something, because he can't say King Kong, so he has to say it. Yeah. <laughs> he has to say it out of order because they don't have the right to say King Kong. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. What's next? Uh, Godzilla, Kong of the Mo- oh, Godzilla. No, <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla, King of the Monsters, the 2019 movie. Five quiet years after the first sightings of the Mutos and the catastrophic events that nearly leveled San Francisco, Dr. Emma Russell, uh, Vera Famiga, the powerful bioacoustic generator, the Orca, triggers a worldwide awakening of the hollow earth titans as the ancient long dormant giants resurface one by one, the radical eco-terrorist Colonel Alan, Alan Jonah played by Charles Dance, gets his hands on the audio device, hellbent on restoring nature's balance. However, what started as a dangerous but logical theory now threatens to obliterate the entire human race. As a result, the ultimate kaiju and king of monsters, Godzilla has to do battle with an omnipotent, lightning-spitting challenger for the title, Three-Headed Monster Zero... Giodora. Giodora. Is it Giodora or Giodora? Giodora. Giodora. Is Godzilla humankind's defender or its enemy? Great question. Um, I know Dustin said the last movie was his favorite, but as a fanboy of Godzilla, my lord, this movie takes, (laughs) takes the cake because... All the freaking monsters are showing up, and they reference back to every monster. Rodan, Mothra, um, and how Mothra has to be awakened to help Godzilla. Um, and, yeah, just to take down Ghidorah and just that the big final battle. I think I have the original movie over here. You can see in the old VHS. Mm, oh, nice. Sweet. Godzilla versus Monster Zero. Um, I did not get a chance to rewatch this because I got to hook up my VCR <laughs> to the flat screen, and that was difficult to do, so I stopped. Um, but yeah, just to definitely see Ghidorah. I have a huge action figure of Ghidorah laying around somewhere. Again, it's probably back in my parents' house. But just this—this this was the ultimate battle between these two monsters for sure. Uh, but to have every other monster kind of show up and to see Rodan, to see some of these other ones, because I have Godzilla and Mothra over here, that they, they did battle it out at one point. We got Megalon. Um, oh, there's that one little shit the, that was the mountain, and he crawled out of the mountain. That could be Megalon. Um, but it's just, just to see all these old monsters, that was a huge like callback to all these old movies. And uh, the big thing with Mothra... Um, in the this Mothra movie here, that there are these two little Japanese twins, 
and they would sing all the time to soothe Mothra, mm-hmm. that they would be the ones to communicate. And there are two two ladies in this movie that are from different yeah. sides. Um, so they said this was a mini callback to that as they were the ones that kind of knew about Mothra um, with everything else. So there was a, a mini throwback um, to the original Mothra movie that was thrown in here. So I thought that was pretty cool. I'm like, oh, they're like the twins. Mm-hmm. And Eleven has that like machine that essentially sings to mm-hmm. Mothra. Yeah, to so these girls would they're... sing in the original movie and they would be the one that could communicate and tell Mothra what mm-hmm. to do. So yeah, it's kind of neat how they put that in with the technology mm-hmm. to make you know Eleven relevant in this movie. Excuse me, <laughs> Millie Bobby but... Brown. But it wasn't Eleven's machine. It was initially Emma's machine. Yeah, her mom. She stole. Yeah. Her, mom's. yeah. Who, her mom was basically the uh, the villain of the movie. Who, insane. insane. That. She is her. She is not a villain. She is not insane. <laughs> Have you, she is so <laughs> stupid. She's the yeah, dumbest character. <laughs> Have you ever seen Inferno? Population control no. from. Uh, uh, Dr. Zorbrist, Bertrand Zorbrist, decides to release a deadly virus to wipe out half the population because of population control. How about Thanos? Is he a villain? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yes. No debate. Okay. Like, I get the idea, but then, she, like, halfway through the... M- or like by the end of the movie, she's like changes her mind and she's like, "I was like, I was wrong. These monsters can't uh, be controlled." Well, no, it's like no me. shit. <laughs> what yeah. did you expect to happen? They're gonna come out and then everything just goes back to normal. They're gonna destroy. You might every as well just like city. nuke every like city in the in the world <laughs> and then just start over. That's what. <laughs> It'll be beautiful once this is over. Yeah, everybody's dead then though. Oh, speaking of nukes, I'm glad you brought that up, Pale. That was really cool to see how Godzilla was recovering from battle, and they had to oh, go that down was, yes. and give him a nuke-powered uh, kickstart to get him supercharged. Uh, and that was neat to see Mothra, you know, sacrifice herself itself, and to really make Godzilla into this super fiery. Yeah, he evolved cool. and got some superpowers here to really take down Ghidorah. Because I wasn't sure how that. That was really neat. As a fan of Godzilla, I was I was on the edge of my seat in this movie. I'm pretty sure I, I will saw say this in this, theaters. This movie, out of all of them, had the best monster fights. Oh yeah, for oh, sure. Yes. This is what it was really set. The visuals up. were probably the best. The, the, the human characters are what ruins the movie, but exactly. The, and just cut all that part out and just watch the monsters. This is the best one for sure. I think yep. Doctor uh, Sirizawa. I thought his role was awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the fact that he decided to be the one to go and sacrifice himself to make sure that he saves Godzilla because he has such a connection to Godzilla from the previous film and through his studies. And I thought that was a good end for him. Mm-hmm. For sure. And the fact that he was able to go down there and touch him and look at him and Godzilla looked at him and it was like a good moment for them. Uh, yeah. This is the one... I watched them all like in the same day. This is the one where they're like flying around in that kind of lab spaceship most of the movie to different parts, just kind of observing Godzilla. Isn't that like there weren't half a the movie? It was a submarine, like water oh. station. What? Okay, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was thinking they were in the air, but. <laughs> so this led us to what we're really talking about today. The fourth and final movie so far is Godzilla versus Kong. 
from 2021. It was a um, like a multi-release to theater and then HBO Max um, movie description. With the world still shaken from the battle between Ghidorah and Godzilla, humanity has begun to try and coexist with the Titans. But after Godzilla begins, begins his own reign of terror, humanity must call on another legend to stop him, Kong. Not everything is as it seems when Monarch travels to Skull Island, where a mysterious young girl, played by Kaylee Hotley, known to commute huddle known to communicate with kong must warn him of the impending danger as godzilla rages across nations destroying everything in his path the fate of the world in the hands of these two legendary titans as both kong and godzilla battle for the right of king and to stop the real threat that faces them spoiler alert mega godzilla <laughs> i was so excited to see Mecha Godzilla in here. Yeah, he was he was outstanding. And Julian Dennison can fuck off. <laughs> Giga Me- Giga Godzilla. I didn't fully understand why Mecha Godzilla was created. I missed that. Like, did you basically what? not watch the first three hours of the what? movie? I well. Because Godzilla was ransacking, he, he was there's hitting. monsters and they want something to defend them. That okay, yeah, so they're probably they convinced that Godzilla is like the enemy. And, and no, it's not just Godzilla; it's all of all there's the a million of okay. them. Yeah, it's all the monsters and titans that are the problem, and humans want to be on the top of the food chain still. And so, the king of the jungle, mm. um, Godzilla. And so they wanted to make something that's like Godzilla, but better. Right. right. And mm-hmm. Godzilla, Godzilla, he can sense this. He can feel it or whatever. Or he's picked up a pamphlet and saw it. So he's <laughs> yeah. They unexplained. Well, but he knows something's happened at this lab. So he goes and destroys it. Yeah, well, yeah. we found out what that was. It was Ghidorah's head. He was sensing the same monster energy from Ghidorah. So when it was uh, activated, yeah. when he was in the machine, he goes, oh, shit, I killed it. Why is it still alive? So he's responding like any animal would. They kind of Oh, so they moved the that. head. Yeah. Yeah, the, the head's in Hong Kong now. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, And that is Because he's like, oh, I saw it here before, and then because mm-hmm. he takes, like, Millie Bobby Brown and that other guy to the lab that exploded, and he's like, no, it was here, I promise. But And then they moved it. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. So, yeah, that's what Godzilla was sensing the entire time that this creature was still alive, which it technically was. Um, and that's why he was yeah. destroying everything. But, you know, that pissed off humans enough that, oh, we got to create something to take down Godzilla in case he ever goes rogue. Nobody was really needed in this movie except for Skarsgård and Rebecca Hall and the the girl. The- I take that back to just the very basics. Just the girl. Just the girl is the only person that was <laughs> yeah, necessary in this movie. This is true. And th- well, maybe the other woman that translates what the girl is saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Rebecca Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> but if if the girl could speak, then we would just only need her. And I don't even know if we would need her if she could speak. Well, didn't the the scientist dude? We kind of needed him to take Kong back to get to the. Hollow Earth, so he could find his right. Yeah, magical he took. We needed hacks. Yeah, 
Well, it wasn't. I did like that. It wasn't like he needed to find the magical axe. It was not the purpose. The purpose was to exploit King Kong. That's true. He yeah, was. They were, but... <laughs> that wasn't the plan, but it worked out well for King Kong. And the fact that Godzilla. Oh, excuse was, me, Kong. Yeah, Godzilla <laughs> was able to just. Like, they had to go through a vortex to get to the Hollow Earth, but then King Kong was like, fuck it. And just like, or uh, Godzilla's just like, Godzilla's Godzilla's like that was my favorite scene. He's like, I'm he so sensed strong. it. He's like, oh, fuck no. And just blasts all over the earth. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. Drill all the way through. It's kind of like that whole, like, uh, if you could drill, like, dig down beneath you, you'd end up in China type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like they're both looking down and they're looking at each other. Oh, that was perfect. I loved it. Oh, it was great. Oh, yeah. I would like to see more of Hollow Earth. If we see more, I don't know if Kong story will, if they do another Kong. Like, I just want to see more of that world down there because we only really get to see 10 minutes down there. Yeah. I think there's all these different creatures and characters. This really set up for sure. Especially towards the end where we see Kong. He's back home and in his rightful throne Mm -hmm. um, over Hollow Earth. So I'm sure we'll have definitely some more so i'm curious it's like will it be king kong with his own movie excuse me kong with his own movie or (laughs) godzilla with his own and then they meet up again or yeah and then come back probably what they'll do come back for an end game type thing and (laughs) all monsters all here final battle made a ton of money it was like Number one at the box office for a month straight. Even I mean, that's not saying much. It's the only movie. It was out, the only movie at the box. It, it, it's it's made. It a still was like over three hundred million. It's or done something. well on HBO. Yeah, yeah. So I could see them continuing, hopefully, with both of these characters. Yeah, it was kind of neat to getting into the actual monster fights. How they kind of split rounds there. Like round one was kind of a draw, if you will, on the ocean. And then, you know, Godzilla had the upper hand and then Kong came in and actually saved the day and did it all. So it was kind of neat. I knew they were looking for that equal balance between the two. And I know that the Toho company that owns Godzilla, um, they are super possessive about how Godzilla is portrayed in movies. And I think what I was reading, um, they said that the only reason that they gave the green light to this movie is if they gave Godzilla no emotions. He's not supposed to have emotion. So we saw that with Kong a lot more in his relationship yeah, with yeah, the girl yeah. and everything and the whole emotional thing. Godzilla just showed up to wreck some shit up and just take yeah. care of business. I'm not here for emotions. But when they were roaring back and forth at each other, and that was great. And I'm like, ah, they were just, you could tell this, this communication between the two. Like, bitch, I'm still king. Um, you know, you can't, you can't take over. So ah, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. When he like charges up his axe for him, yes, after. and it, <laughs> that was so sweet. That, that mutual respect, like it was there. Like, all right, you're here helping me. We got to take down this, and then Kong just ripping the skull out in a <laughs> Mortal Kombat style of mm-hmm. <laughs> for Mecha Godzilla. I thought that he was gonna like drink the the oil or <laughs> the whatever, oil just, out of it. <laughs> just like he did for that monster. Like when he ripped its head yeah. off and he starts uh-huh. drinking it. I, that was great. Bottom of my thought, I was like, "Oh God, he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna drink the oil. He's gonna die. <laughs> he's, gonna he's gonna die, die again. <laughs> he's so dumb. <laughs> he's so dumb, monkey." I was reading some article that said um, Godzilla kills Kong or beats Kong. Uh, Mecha Godzilla beats Godzilla. Kong beats Mecha Godzilla. 
Kong and Godzilla are equal? Or like, <laughs> well, was it Godzilla's help? I don't know. You could go back and forth with that and kind of take it. And you yeah. could also say that Kong conceded, right? After yeah. the fight with the Mega. Yeah. He just kind of was like, yeah, you are right. It's like, yeah, you you, you probably you could kill me. We'll meet up again one but day. But you're also a good guy. I, I don't need to fight you. Do you think they'll continue Godzilla, like his story? I mean, we've seen like three films now, and we've got a big dose of like him fighting the monsters and some backstory with him. And Is there more that they can do? Take that three yep. and multiply it by ten. <laughs> <laughs> There's like thirty Godzilla films. Yeah. Before this, yeah. D- but, do you think we'll see a baby Godzilla? Yeah, you think we'll see baby Godzilla? <laughs> Godzilla Junior. <laughs> yes. Like the Matthew Broderick. God, movie? I hope not. <laughs> I wasn't oh. even. Thinking, I was just thinking of the old Japanese one that mm-hmm. Keith was talking about earlier. Oh yeah. But yeah. He's he's on one of these covers. Uh, I mean, they could keep going pale. I mean, we got Godzilla versus. Sp- fucking space godzilla here uh, yeah if you look <laughs> yes. down at the bottom there's little baby godzilla with this little roar like <laughs> daddy and then you know mothra's right here helping out they gotta team up against space godzilla because he's a bad motherfucker um since they he killed off Ghidorah already they needed somebody that's gonna be equal but you know that godzilla's the hero when it says can godzilla save japan from this latest threat <laughs> so yeah he's the hero and all this stuff. But yeah, there's a ton of monsters and they opened up the whole, you know, monster realm down there, the hollow earth. And we were yeah, introduced to one, whatever Kong ripped open and ate mm-hmm. and drank its blood. So there's a whole new universe to explore, but I'm curious to see, will it be more from Kong's perspective or will it be Godzilla's perspective? Like Godzilla will take care of the space threats. And I think Kong will have his own movie universe in hollow earth. I agree. So, I'm excited to see. It'll come down to money. Like, do they want to keep putting these out? And based off the money that Godzilla versus Kong made, I think they probably keep going for a little bit. Yeah, I think all of these, yeah, all these movies have been pretty huge successes. So, and I, I I imagine that they'll just continue as long as they can. I mean, they could do prequel too, and show like when Godzilla and Kong were both in Hollow Earth. And the tribes that live down oh, there. Oh, they did. And we could see Kong on his throne. They that up. Yeah, like the original battle mm-hmm. that ensued, like maybe between them. So they could go the whole, they could do a whole bunch of stuff. It opened it pretty wide open. Opened and fill in between what happened between Kong Skull Island and Kong in Godzilla versus Kong. There's a huge gap there. Uh, like everybody on the island's dead except for this girl. And now there's like yeah. a protective barrier over it, protecting Kong. Like what happened there? Yeah. What happened? What happened to uh Loki? <laughs> I think Thanos got him. Could be wrong. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think we probably should get to our last beer. I think so. Mm, I'm ready. Just as we, we discussing Godzilla, we need to drink Kong. Maybe. Beer versus beer. Valiant. Valiant means something. I was going to use it, but I couldn't think of anything. A valiant effort Kong gave to try to beat Godzilla, but he wins. (laughs) Yes. 
Hello, everybody, and welcome. I'd like to invite you guys to check out our Threadless shop. We have two new COVID-19 t-shirt designs up there. Uh, my fa personal favorite is the We Are Here Together. I ordered this t-shirt and cannot wait till it arrives. I'll wear it the day I get it, and I'll probably wear it as long as it's clean until the day it shreds apart. Uh, it is your favorite Digo hosts wearing our protective uh, equipment, our personal protective equipment. Uh, the design was meant to include all types of PPE that people are using in this time of need. Uh, anything from uh, goggles to shields to handkerchiefs, uh, anything like that. Uh, we like to represent everybody and anybody who's using those type of things. Uh, the proceeds of this t-shirt sale uh, for both designs will be going 100% towards the No Kids Hunger Foundation. Uh, we at Drinking Geek Out appreciate the ongoing support and we would like to give back to the community. Uh, so go over to threadless.com slash drinking geek out to check out the designs, uh, especially the two new designs uh, that are We Are Here Together and anything related to COVID. Uh, your support would be fantastic and the community will love you. Uh, so I appreciate your time. Thank you very much and signing out. Drink up and geek out. So our final beer as we've mentioned earlier, also comes from Chapman's Brewing Company. A real treat this for you. <laughs> Use Digo 15. Uh, 15% off. This one is the Valiant American Stout. It's an exceptional take on American stouts with smooth malt and chocolate on the aroma and palate. Followed by a sort of finish with Columbus hops, all with the substance of a stout with a crisp finish. Valiant wins gold at the 2016 Can-Can Awards. Valiant American Stout was first introduced in late fall of 2014. Around the same time, Godzilla was introduced what? in this series. Uh, as a uniquely American stout that finishes crisp instead of sticky sweet, Valiant was first released in draft in September of 2014, followed by 16-ounce pint cans in November of that same year. True to spirit of the new world, this American stout is bold and full of character. Valiant pours a jet black with an enticing light tan head, aromas of roasted malt, coffee, and dark chocolate hint at the flavors to come. On the palate, experience creamy malt, coffee bean, roasted coffee, dark chocolate, and a pleasing hop finish. Valiant brings tremendous aroma, flavor, and character to the discerning stout lover. I think they just went through our entire <laughs> geek thing there. <laughs> Let's just say don't think we really and close this up. <laughs> need to discuss that. <laughs> it's like, dang. I feel like we're, we should be good just, you know, saying what we feel like for this one. Yeah. This is an additional Absolutely. beer. Uh, we should mention the can is the same as the other one, but instead of that matte finished green, it's like a shiny uh, turquoise blue. No, it's a little bit darker. Uh, the sky blue? Yeah, sky yeah. blue. Like a, well, I was going to say royal yeah, blue because ish. of the whole value. I think so. The, the little logo. So instead of the ship, they got like a little... Lion? Crown yeah, tongue. I think it's a lion. Would that be a lion? I don't know what that is. Because he's the king. He's the king of monsters. Like king of the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, at the bottom, the taste profile says coffee, dark chocolate, and malt. 
sweetness with a mild hop finish, which I already read, but it is also in the can. Brewed in Steuben County. Steuben County. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> uh, the item on the can itself, pretty much uh, on the, the right-hand side where they give like a, a description and it finishes up, Valiant brings tremendous aroma, flavor, and character to the discerning stout lovers. I bring that up because we have two stout lovers and a baby stout lover on this show. I'm a baby. True. So I'll be willing to see if... No, that stood out to me, too. It's like, hmm, they're crying out to me. <laughs> they're daring me to rate this beer. <laughs> Hopefully. I, I did check this in one once. I'm... I'm kind of uh, jumping ahead. I checked it in once. I'm hoping that score will skyrocket now that I actually enjoy stouts, unlike five yep. years ago. Same, because we both checked this in at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we had these in a flight. Yeah. I'm sure, or I don't know. I don't think they did flights then. I, I think I'm we pretty just got sure pints. they did. Maybe? Or Yeah, maybe they did. Uh, at least like little half glasses. I don't. I can't imagine drinking like four full pints, but maybe... I know they did flights at the Coventry store. Yeah, definitely. Just not sure about the the yeah, Fortes. I don't not. remember. I can't remember. It's been it's been a lot of beers in between. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't take pictures, so there's no proof. This is true. We were untapped babies. <laughs> pictures or it didn't happen. <laughs> Camera phones weren't invented yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I could use untapped app. we've evolved okay let's talk about the color at least clearly dark it's very dark clearly dark (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's very it's lead it's the superman lead it's very opaque i got it Yeah. yeah it's um it's black yeah it's like it's almost like black panther in a tree black or uh, Xenomorph in space black or Godzilla in the depths of the sea black. Ooh. What a new ranking. Is it? Oh man, I added a new color. It's on the more colors tab, but I think it's darker than that. It's called Kong. It's slightly darker mm-hmm. than Kong's fur, though. Yeah, it is for sure. I would go with more of like a Mr. Game and Watch, <laughs> but. I still think I like my my Godzilla in the depths of the sea. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, did you guys have a crazy hit, uh, pour head pour when you poured this? No, not, uh, no, mine went crazy. pretty good. There's it was like it a little stopped right at the top. Yeah, there was. A... Yeah, I um, I felt like when I poured it, I don't know if it was like a because I had a mishap of pouring, but it did seem like like. This much of it was head. Oh no! Definitely down here was like have that. was like was like swirly head. So it was like based on what was still kind of conjuring on the pour, um, but it, it dissipated quickly. It wasn't like it was just lingering. I had half the cup pour. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was definitely interesting. Didn't maybe tilt the glass far enough. As as that's possible. It really is possible. Could be. Hey, Pale, what, what's the head on yours when you poured yours? What was it like? It was huge. It was a lot. It was like a good yeah, three so, or four inches, it seemed like. Yeah, oh. me, yeah, me and Pale do not know how to pour beer, apparently. <laughs> what about you guys? Was it Maybe, pretty thin? I don't know. It, it, it wasn't as what you were describing, no. Mine mm, seemed, seemed normal, normal, but you and Dustin had like 
head problems. <laughs> well, remember, Saf, we used to pour beer for a time. That is gaps. true. Yeah, that taught us so much. <laughs> I did it slowly at a tilt. It might, it might have been a more of like, I tilt always, I tilt, but it may have been like a, a speed thing. Mm-hmm. You know, not comfort. Yeah, I tilt speed. all the time, but yeah, maybe the, the speed of the pour just was a little bit too fast. Maybe it's one of those you have to just kind of slowly pour it <laughs> yeah i never had to break my stride like to in fear of running out of room in my glass mm-hmm. oh i still have fucking <laughs> same <laughs> oh and I, i'm using a, i'm using a mu- i'm using a mug i'm not using a regular glass I still have shit <laughs> so that, that that'll be a that'll be a mystery oh i don't know we have different I'm, i mean experiences i just need to order more beer from them from what's that website keith i think it's uh shop.chapmansbrewing.com if you go there you can enter the code digo 15 for 15 percent off of your entire purchase and they'll deliver it right to your front door for free so i need to it makes you tip your driver but i also need to do that so i need to get more of these because i got one can from you and i cannot experiment properly (laughs) that's true which is one can so i need to go to the shop and purchase more for sure. Easy. Hey, if that glass doesn't work out for you too, you can also purchase a Chapman officially licensed 16 ounce glass like me, <laughs> where I had no problems pouring my beer. <laughs> I have to have the pl- proper like glassware. It's all in the glassware. I would say I want to keep the glasses control, but I might do that glass. Can I just get it delivered to your house? <laughs> Works for me. Just let me know. Make sure it's a weekend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I've been I've been drinking. So I've been drinking too, but that. I wanted to point out the smell, which is oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not smell. super strong. It's a stout. You're not going to have anything. Just like There's a little bit there. Just a few like yeah. chocolatey roasty. notes, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's a bit yeah, roasty, a bit, a bit coffeeish. I don't have enough room to shake it. I'll get back to that after I drink a bunch of it. Say, I think Pale's drank more than you, and he's only been here part of the time. <laughs> I, I thought you guys were further ahead. I had to. No, we're, we're I had to step away. We haven't even got to the drinking portion yet. <laughs> I better slow down. We, we we've just been discussing alcohol. It's pretty noticeable, I think. There's like a little bit of that slight burn, but not mm-hmm. not crazy. Definitely not over the top either. Like a good level, right? Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, I'm just saying it's it's there. Yeah, yeah. At seven percent, I think it's it's what you would expect. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, definitely, definite burn. Very roasty, very chocolatey, very coffee-ish. But we had that in the description, yeah. so it feels like we're cheating. Not too much change there. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like they listed it out for us. That's cheating. I want to guess. <laughs> you took the fun out of it, giving us all these cheat codes. Type this into the game <laughs> shark. Yeah. I, I was on on my keyboard here. I was pressing up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, select, start. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, uh, the characteristics that Dustin mentioned. None none of them really stick out over the other one. It's just like a, it's like a it's yeah, pretty, pretty balanced balance blend of them of everything. Something usually like a lot of the beers that I've noticed that we've been drinking over the months. There's always like a one or two. Um, flavors that just kind of stick out like either chocolate or coffee or yeah. or, some, or like the roasty nuttiness like sticks out but this is like a 
balanced blend for sure. Yeah, all that stuff is there, just no, and nothing really is like taking center right. stage. Pale, what about uh, Columbus hops for you on your your ranking of hops? Um, Columbus, it's not in the top five because it's just not. There's an assertive finish with the Columbus hops, so you should be getting it on the back end. You should be tasting so much Columbus right now. <laughs> <laughs> Columbus is. No, I, I like this. Is more of a background actor, not really a, a star. Yeah, when it comes to hops, I feel like it's usually especially with it's usually in with a group of hops, not just like on its own. Yeah, yeah. Columbus provides a spicy, earthy aroma to your beer and can also be used for bittering. Um, so yeah, it's not. I don't think you would need to like, or I don't know if you can make a very good beer like just featuring Columbus. It's a. It sounds like it's a good good like supportive hop uh in the spirit of continuing with the the Program? evaluation uh not a whole lot of hoppy taste but a lot of multi taste to it mm. definitely roasty flavor to it and chocolate i don't really taste much of like coffee maybe not so much i'm I think with the chocolate, it's more the dark chocolate. Like you're yeah. biting into the bitter cacao, yeah, yeah, and not like milk chocolate sweetness. It the, that bitterness. I'm not a huge dark chocolate fan, but I do love you know these dark beers. But like when I want chocolate, I want something sweet. But when I do eat dark chocolate, this it does. I have a little hints mm-hmm. of that coming in there. The coffee, not so much. Um, it doesn't stand out. It's more the roastiness, I think, with the malts is what's standing out, which I think gives off the illusion of the coffee. But they do mention it, but I don't know. There could be something there. I mean, it's just like if you had a, a dark chocolate-covered coffee bean that you ate. Mm-hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. Yeah. perfect. There you go. I think that's – it's bitter enough, but it's not chalky enough, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's unique. I, I kind of like it. It's not like any other stout that I've had, like especially maybe it's that Columbus hop. That's sneaking in there since they they mentioned it. Um, it's a it's a great blend. It it just blends well together, and it's it's unique. I like it. I might be turning around on this check in. Mm-hmm. I think the body's probably pretty full. Carbonation's pretty low. Uh, finish is probably medium, mm-hmm. and it's not too bitter at all. Just got some of that dark chocolate bitterness, but not hoppy bitterness. Like how you mentioned bitterness, I was scrolling through about people's check-ins, and I just found somebody's said it was a little too bitter for them. Mm. They expect milk. (laughs) 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 My 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 question still is there. (laughs) Did they expect milk? All right. Speaking of untapped. We have ourselves 1,972 total check-ins, 1,623 unique check-ins, 1,468 ratings, giving this beer a 3.62 overall rating. I have six friend check-ins, and three of them are not you guys. Four of them not you. Oh, I have more than that. Holy crap. I have a lot of check-ins. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) uh, Whoa, wowzers. All right. Uh, Doug Egger, check this in, 2017, he said, one of the best stouts I've had, gave it a four. Ooh, there's some discrepancy between two pale check-ins. We gotta hear what pale says mm-hmm. today. 
I know. I'm very excited for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. Yeah. First, first, okay, first time on the show. This is a new friend of mine. First time on the show. Uh, Brendan Douglas gave it a four and a half. He said, excellent stout. Chapman's are quickly becoming a favorite. Damn good beer. He checked us in in uh, huh? 2016. Uh, Chris Leland, of course, friend of the show, Mr. Gombe 6. Uh, give it a 425. Uh, next was this. Another great stout. Really liked it. Uh, looked like he shared pictures at a festival back in 2015. But he also That's has nice. a can. Yeah, I feel like he had um, the can at at the stand. He took a picture yeah. of it like prior to being poured. Oh, I bet um, it, it's the can invitational from Sun King. Oh, maybe. Mm. That's what the glass says. Oh, well, then there you go. Uh, James R. checked it in, didn't rate it or say anything. And then he replied to his check and said, from West, uh, from Indie Winterfest. He didn't <laughs> no. say anything else. Well, thanks, James. That's didn't so helpful. Give it a score. <laughs> <laughs> At least I knew where he was. Hey, I don't blame James. We've been to these festivals. It's hard to check in yeah. and accurately describe everything. It's so. nearly impossible to check in every those... beer from those things. Well, especially when you get near the end. Mm -hmm. I can't For sure. remember how to open your, unlock my phone at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I usually have to think about what finger is the <laughs> biometric. <laughs> oh, it's on the, oh, it's on the back of the phone now. <laughs> All right. Ooh, this person gave it a two. And didn't write anything. Thanks, bud. Appreciate you. I notice a, a lot of these check-ins as I'm scrolling through. Um, some people are checking it in at Applebee's. So hmm. kudos to Chapman's Ooh. for reaching out to some of the, the local places, um, even though it's a national chain, that you know some of these restaurants do have local beer like uh, a B-dubs, Buffalo Wild Wings, and Applebee's and places like that that you know will bring in local beer on their kegs so that that's awesome get their exposure exactly spencer c said smooth with a sweet toasty finish gave it a four he bought it from them from there so probably in angola a lot of check-in a lot of check-in rick d had a nice little picture um just a rating no no words Brian H. said another good one and gave a little emoji and gave it a four and a half and a picture of him watching football. I have Jen H. said coffee, roasty aroma, clean finish, exactly what you would expect from a stout, subtle, sweet and caramel notes. She gave it a three and a half. Well done, Jen. I like your description. Uh, David R. said really solid stout, has a good roasty flavor, easy drinking. You guys want to guess what he gave it? Four. Four. And a quarter. A three. Ooh. What? <laughs> I don't I don't see Yeah, I don't view three as like a very good. It's no, it's solid. <laughs> and he gave it a three. Come come on, David. Slightly above average. Here's here's one for you. I I'm I I'm down into the abyss down here. <laughs> uh, Destiny G said I think that they don't purify their water. Reminds me of people's brewing. Bitter aspirin on the tongue and gave it a one and a half. Ouch. Ugh. That is not, not a good look for I don't, people's. I don't know about that, but they got it in the brewery. 
And this guy does not look well too pleased with what he's drinking. No, I just so. came up. Yeah, <laughs> so sad. Hmm. Well, that's a little harsh. I just expected a female, but when you said Destiny G, like well, I figured she took she took the picture of whomever was drinking uh, it. Oh, so. let's see. Yeah, let's see. I thought that was that a wasn't selfie. a selfie. <laughs> like he's just like, <laughs> oh, I hate my beer. I hate this. Oh, I got one here, Kurt B. Yes, I am dripping sweat for a 15-mile bike ride. It feels like 90 degrees, and I am drinking a stout. Hashtag stout. Yes. Stouts. Stouts. How do you spell Hashtag that? stouts all year long. A little on the light side for me, and gave it a three and a quarter. <laughs> I couldn't read that hashtag. I thought it said stout Sally at first. <laughs> Maybe you spent a little time on social media. You can learn hashtag. I'm not familiar with hashtags quite yet. Like the way I was reading this was Stout Sally year long. Stout Sally year I was reading along with you. I was on the same one, so it made it even better. You're like, pale, let me just take over. Oh, I, I agree, Kurt B. Stouts all year <laughs> long for sure. Stout Sally, Stout Sally year long. Year long. <laughs> I'm going to check Stouts in now with Stout hashtag Sally Lala Lolly Lama. <laughs> Stouts Dally Lama. Oh, the, I think the, it's time to check this in. The Sally Lama. Yeah, I can tell that these beers have higher alcohol percentages. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Chapmans. Appreciate you. <sighs> All right. Well, since I've already updated my score, and I'm just going to roll with it. I give it a four. Uh, I do enjoy chocolate-covered things. So having something that reminded me of like chocolate-covered espresso beans, uh, without like the the crunchiness to it, I thought was really good. It's nice and toasty, the roasty aromas. Uh, the flavor is great. Maybe it could be a little bit more, I don't know if it's possible to be a little bit more smooth. I mean, you could nitro it, of course, Uh, but -hmm. I guess more of like milky, like if you had like a more of a milky stout or a a variant of it where you add vanilla to it. Agreed. uh, I think that would easily like soar. (laughs) This has like really good flavor. This is like, I don't want to say this is basic. Stout, because it's not basic stout. Basic stout would be like a Guinness. This is a uh, a really great take on a basic stout, but I feel like there's... I wouldn't say room for improvement in terms of this is bad, but more of here's how you can make variants that would be crazy good. Um, but when I initially checked this in, I gave it a 375. I didn't say anything, but it's clear. I think this is clearly in the, the four echelons. Uh, my last check-in was in August, so even though I am hashtag uh, Stout Sally year every year. Uh, Stout Sally year long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sally year long. Or Sally long ears, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> August is a little bit of a different beast. It is much warmer, a lot stickier. 
Um, sometimes, yeah, I'm all about stouts, but sometimes I don't want to drink them. But uh, it's grand, I think this is a, a four echelon, ah, clearly. All right. Uh, I'll piggyback Dustin here, and I also gave it a four. I just uh, rechecked it in here. A little bit of my backstory. I did check it in originally. Uh, we talked earlier at the top of the show uh, back in June 2016, I think it was, that we all kind of gathered and we went to um, Forteza, Forteza Coffee where they teamed up with Chapman's for a little bit of time. Unfortunately, they're no longer there. Um, and I gave it a three and a half back then, which is the same ranking I gave the IPA. And I don't know what I was thinking because <laughs> those are clearly not the same beers. Um, so I bumped it up to a four this time. I said roasty and smooth with a dark chocolate and coffee notes on the back end. Very smooth and easy to drink at 7% ABV. A bit hoppy, which adds to the uniqueness of this. Um, and I also threw in there, check it out yourself with the code DEGO15 on shop.chapmansbrewing.com. So. I keep forgetting to do that. <laughs> <sighs> You guys, you guys got to work commercials. This is my life. (laughs) Uh, But no, an awesome stout. um, And I will also not to, you know, pull a pail, but what Dustin said, if there's some variance to this, throw in some vanilla, throw in some bourbon barrel aged hell, throw in something like that. Um, This is a great base beer to go off of that it can expand so far. So I don't want to go too far with my ranking because I know there's so much potential for this that it could get so much better and just add these different variants to it and it could take off. So I've got like, I don't know, a double handhold with Keith because I originally checked it in at a three and a half and then I upped it to a four. (laughs) Uh, And uh, on the same dates on both of those. So weird. and I mean, I'm pretty much going to agree with everything he just said. Uh, for my check-in, I said a pretty unique stout with a dark chocolate semi-sweetness. Yeah, it, it's like a really great base stout that you can amp up and do whatever the hell you want with it. So I'm sure there must be variants out there. I think one with like lactose in it or uh, like a maple bacon one would be excellent. So yeah. <laughs> I don't want to just repeat everything Keith said, but yeah, perfect. Perfect uh, base stout. Um, so did I start back to like my first check-in? Yes, so take, take us back to June <laughs> You were supposed to think of 4th, your story while we were checking in on well, 2016. I can't think back that far. So <laughs> I'm, that's why you have the app. <laughs> it thinks for you. So back in June of 2016... We were at a little coffee shop called Forteza. They had a Chapman's tap room as well. I had this Valiant, probably it was a um, probably a flight. I think somebody's birthday maybe was going on then. But um, I gave this a three seventy five and didn't say anything about it. But then I came back, or I went to Chapman's. On July 13th in 2019. And uh, gave it a 3. Out of 5. And I said. Not really a fan. Too much bitterness for me. (laughs) And I'm sitting here thinking. Like. What bitterness? Because I'm not. I don't really think it's that bitter of a beer. (laughs) What happened between those dates? (laughs) You weren't a stout fan. Was my palate just kind of 
jacked up or I don't know. But now is a baby. It was a baby pellet. <laughs> you could have had it's a, not refined yet. You could have had something else before that messed up your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> probably the undaunted would be my yeah, guess. <laughs> I, I would assume that I would probably would do because we had it the same night. So, so now I'm going to go back up to a 375 on this. I said very easy to drink and all characteristics blend well together. Um, I agree with what you guys said. It's a really great base stout. I think they could have a dozen different variants of this. Um, and it's just endless the t- what they could do with this. I think if you maybe crank up the coffee a little bit more, it would get me into the four range. But um, mm. with with this beer, like nothing really like sticking out like a lot of beers that we've had in the past. I'm kind of like just I'm just like backing away from the four range a little bit. But uh, I think this yeah this is really good beer to drink. Over and over again, uh, I, th- I could see a lot of people enjoying this that aren't really huge craft beer drinkers. Um, it could bring a lot of new people into this uh, craft beer world. So that's what that's what I think. Before we go, I want to hear how everybody would rank the movies, real quick. Okay. Um, of hmm. what? What's what's your criteria? Is it just like one, two, three, four? Just the the yeah, just the know, order. Like, um, I know Dustin, you'll, you'll, Kong Skull Island will be like number one, and then just like go down to like your fourth, What's two, three, two, four, three, yeah. four. Uh, all right, Skull Island is probably two. Uh, I think Godzilla versus Kong was awesome. I loved Gia. She was my favorite character in all four of the movies, um, and the way that she, you know, worked with the uh, with Kong. Number two, that'd be number one. Number two is Skull Island. Number three is. Uh, King of the Monsters, and number four is Godzilla. Okay. Uh, 2014. Hmm. So I would say Skull Island, number one, because I enjoyed the cast of that one the most. Um, then I would say probably Godzilla from 2014, because I liked the cinematography was really good, and the, the director, I liked him a lot. And then King of the Monsters, third and then Godzilla vs. Kong 4th. But I'm not... It wasn't a bad movie. I just... My ranking my ranking is the same as Pale's. <laughs> listen here, Keith. Keith. <laughs> listen, Keith. Listen. Yes. I literally watched these movies this week for the first time ever, so... <laughs> There's no authority behind any of these. Right. Yeah. Yes, I know. I know. Well, I think we all know where I stand. Um with this I actually don't what is your number oh one? you don't oh okay so this is excitement um yeah i would have to go with i already said it earlier the one from 2019 um well where all I the knew, monsters were present yeah clearly um, i knew you're number uh, one yeah. sorry I, I, we didn't yeah, know the, that, the, that the was number one that was number one um then i will say the um then kong and godzilla godzilla versus kong that was my two uh, cause it kind of tied everything together there. And then I know that Godzilla 2014 wasn't the greatest movie ever, but coming from my background of knowing Godzilla and them introducing it and redoing it definitely better than anything that they'd done before. So I'm going to have to put that one three and then 
Kong Skull Island, which was a great movie. Don't get me wrong, but I'm also a Godzilla fanboy. Um, I'd have to put that one last because yeah. honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen it. <laughs> I felt like I have, but I haven't at the same time. It was a good movie, good actors, good everything in it, but it's like, why does this not stand mm. out to me? Like I have seen it. So I'm definitely going to go back and watch it again. Cause I know Dustin has that on the Plex. So I'm definitely going to go check that out again. Yeah. Probably tonight as I fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like drinking another beer. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be drinking another beer while I go to bed. <laughs> uh, I, I think that like up until like a certain point, I felt like you were an eyes list were like relatively the same. Just take out the Kong movie and shift everything else down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I don't really have a dog in this fight. I I, I just enjoyed them all kind of pretty much equally. Yeah. So I just went with the ones that I found the humans entertaining. In, I think that's what I did as too. Well as the monsters, just I, a good <laughs> balance of humans and monsters, and like that's kind of how I went with it. I just I I maybe is because I watched Skull Island first. But I just kind of enjoyed the enjoyed the ride, really. Like, that one and had more was... humor and just, uh, I don't know. And it still yeah. had some action. I think I rated them in the order I watched them. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> well, I, th- I think, oh, I don't well. know. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to revisit when I record. <laughs> or the, It'll uh, completely change, it. like, a week from now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm probably going to watch them. <laughs> I, I am thinking about grabbing the originals and get, sticking them on there. Oh, HBO Max uh, has a ton of originals. I, have, I mean, I noticed. So I'll probably go back and check those out. But you can add whatever to the Plex. Yeah, I plan on it. Because like, I mean, I have all the uh, the Planet of the Apes, too, from the 60s. I'm going to watch that. There you go. That anime you guys really raved about. Oh, the, the three part oh, Godzilla? God, don't watch that. Please don't. Wait <laughs> the on new the one new one coming out. Really actually, like. <laughs> God, oh my god, he they made him like so <laughs> slow and like sluggish. Like I've never felt so bad doing a podcast. Like this is nothing but a shit fest. Like I have nothing good to <laughs> I, say. We about had this. we did Godzilla and then we had like this amazing Batman anime that really deserved its own episode and we like put them together and I've just like felt bad and it's like oh, we did we, we should have split those up. We did not do We should have just trashed there. the Godzilla episode and just did Batman Ninja. Edit the Godzilla portion out and then put the Batman up on the the new podcast. We we should, for sure. There we go. All right. Let's end this shit. Do it. Until All right. the future next, episode. Next time. Drink up. Drink up. And drink up. And, and kick out. Drink out. Drink out. <laughs>